Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Gotham City. I'm your host, Levy Rosman. This is a podcast where I talk to people who live in the chess world on the 64 squares and also beyond them. And in this episode, I am extremely excited to be speaking with Gukesh D, aka Gukesh Domaraju from India. Gukesh is 16 years old. He was the second youngest individual to get the Grandmaster title at the time only 17 days away from the record set by Sergei Karyakin. Now, obviously, he is third as Abhimanyu Mishra broke the original record. Gukesh had a dominant display recently at the Olympiad. He was on 8 out of 8, and he finished with an individual gold medal with 9 points out of 11, leading his team to a uh, bronze medal finish uh, in Chennai. Uh, In this episode, honestly, I'm blown away uh, by his mindset, his confidence. He uh, has a killer instinct. And it was amazing to just get to talk to him uh, for an hour before he goes back into the chess world, trying to win as many more games as possible and hopefully becoming the world champion someday in the future. I hope you enjoy. Gukesh, thanks so much for for joining today. Thank you. Uh, By the way, I don't want to call you incorrectly throughout the recording. So um, I just want you to tell me right away it's Gukesh, right? It's like we you, we should call you Gukesh. That's that that would be your your first name, right? Yes, Gukesh is my uh, my first name, but uh, yeah, you can also call me Guki if you if you like. Okay, sounds That's good. That's what friends call me. So. Uh, Guki, you said? Yeah, Guki. Okay, got it. Oh, now I'm interested in some of the other some of the other nicknames. Uh, <laughs> I I have to say. Um, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit confusing. I never understood why you only had one letter as the as as the surname. Why couldn't they put the whole name? Is that just how it was signed up originally, or is that just is that common in India, or it's not very so, common? So, yeah, it's very common in India. So the thing in India is that we uh, we have one name mostly, uh-huh. and uh, the second name is mostly a, either a family name or a father name, and we say it's uh, the first letter, letter is like initial, so. If you if you see Pregnananda's name, yeah. it's Pregnananda R. So R stands for Ramesh Babu. And uh, in in my my case, it's Dumaraju. D stands for Dumaraju, and it's my family name. So yeah, we use only the initial uh, shell letter. Okay, I see. Is that uh, is that just a case by case basis? Because obviously, you you know, we see Sagar Shah. He's not. Like, there's no S or there's no, or like Nihal sir, and like I've, it's always just been his full name. Is it just if a name is very long or is it just specific in some cases uh, you shorten it or? I think it's more of a South Indian thing. Sagarsha is uh, more of uh, okay. like he's not, not from South India. I think in South India, especially Tamil Nadu where I live, I think it's very common to have uh, only the first letter as the second, you know, name. I see. Okay. Okay. I'm glad I asked. There we go. I just learned something. I've always been. I've always been fascinated. I. I don't know if you've ever seen um, what I said about about your name, but I, I always found it very interesting and mysterious. It's just one letter, and there's a great movie called The Grand Budapest Hotel, and there's a main character named Gustav H. So I really enjoyed calling you Gukesh D. Just it's just you just have one letter as the as the last name. I just I don't know. It's it, it it's very interesting. I think in in India and from India and from China people struggle with which name goes first because, you know, like Ding Li Ren is the same thing. I mean, a lot of people, they, they think that the first name is Ding, but technically it's not his first name. So, but in your case, you know, so that I just wanted to ask. So I was calling you, I was calling you the right thing. Um, perfect. Uh, well, we are how many days now? Maybe five, six days or something removed from uh, the Olympiad. How, how has life been for you? Have you had media and, and just tons of contact and requests ever since it, it ended? Like, have you just been super busy? Yeah, the Olympiad ended like three, four days back, I think. And it's been really hectic, actually. Uh, like some interviews and yeah, we had some family plans also. How, how are but, people, yeah, yeah, yeah to tell me all about it. <laughs> how are people contacting you? I mean, is it just because I'm assuming you don't, you haven't yet had a manager. Do you have a manager now? Like, what is what has that been like? I don't have an official manager, but uh, my father uh, manages like literally everything apart. I mean, uh, our surrounding just so. Yeah, my father is. Uh, yeah, the one who manages everything. So. Got it. 
Has, has it always been that way, like traveling to chess tournaments and just managing? Uh, it, it, it's common, right? It's like the your dad and... Um... Yeah, I think uh, from the start, it has been the same. And uh, okay, I mean, I'm I'm comfortable with my dad managing everything. I I can you know, just fully focus on focus on chess and my father also likes to do all this work and you know supports me in every way. So yeah, it's been... It's a natural thing, and we never really thought of having hiring a manager. It's definitely, it's definitely a strange concept, right? Especially when you're, when 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 you're a bit younger. Like I don't know if uh, some of the, I think some of the other super top top players have have managers. Uh, actually, I know for a fact they do because I've tried inviting them to podcasts, <laughs> and then it, it's like con- contact the manager. In your case, I didn't. I didn't know how to reach out, and I just saw we follow each other on Twitter. I said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna send a message." Do do you do you do you manage your own Twitter, or is it the same thing? Your 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 dad meant like does the social media as well. I didn't know if I was contacting no. you or somebody else. Yeah, so all the all my social uh, social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, uh, also Instagram, I think, or everything is managed by my father. I mean, he shows me if there is something interesting going on, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I personally don't check most of the messages. Yeah, it's mostly my father handling everything. Understood. How do you spend most of the day? I mean, at this point, obviously, it's, hey, we got a contact from this this bozo to get a podcast interview. I'm sure you're going to go to some, uh, you know, you're going to go to some, some, you know, Indian media and everything. But like, uh, just day to day, what... What are you up to? Anish Giri told me that at the level you're at, it's chess all the time. It's just looking at all the, you just broadcast, whatever games are live in Europe, in Asia, whatever, you're just scrolling through. So what's a typical day like for you in terms of just studying and being involved in chess? Uh, well, as a chess player, it, I mean, you, you, you probably know how it looks like. Yeah, we wake up, I mean. We sit, uh, sit, uh, sit with chess and it's basically the whole day is gone. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's mostly about chess and uh, okay, I mean, after tournaments, I take one or two days break regularly, but uh, I never stop following games. Like, uh, even if I'm on a break, I just uh, open follow chess. So I just uh, scroll through the games. Otherwise, it's of course more serious and structured. You scroll through random league games you you scroll through just to see interesting opening ideas just to see you know who's doing well that kind of a thing yeah yeah i mean it's uh, following a lot of games you uh, you get to know a lot of players and uh, and also like you'll be surprised how many very interesting opening ideas you'll see by uh, just following random open events also i mean even uh, not very many um, very strong players sometimes show a lot of uh, very interesting opening ideas. I just keep in mind and then I check those uh, which I find interesting later. Yeah, it, it's a very interesting point. I feel like in some of these open tournaments that you've been you've been playing at, for example, there, there are some super interesting ideas that might even be too risky to play at, for example, Tata Steel or some of these other closed top level events uh mm-hmm. I, I i yeah i definitely agree uh do you, do you have any you remember that you you really that caught your eye and then you wanted to add and you say oh maybe i'll try that one day or do you try to just come up with your own ideas uh you know obviously with with engine with trainers yeah mostly i okay when i'm working i look for ideas myself and with trainers of course but uh uh, yeah, I remember some. Sometimes I just saw some games, and I I even used some ideas. I think not sure about the exact uh, exact idea of the game, but I just saw some game, and then I uh, remember even recently I won a game just by following a follow chess game randomly. So. <laughs> From just just some yeah. just some random tournament. Yeah, like uh, as I said, there are a lot of interesting ideas, and one. I think recently one really caught my eye in the Rosolimo and uh, I used it in the used it in one of my games and it it was uh, it went very well. So. Rosolimo on the black side? Yeah, E4C5, this Knight of Three Knights, it should yeah. be from yeah. black side. Yeah. I, I just meant 
Because Rosalimo, I mean, uh, I guess you, I don't know your repertoire with white as well, but I, but I've seen you play Knight C6 with, you know, with black. Um, I think wasn't your game against Fabiano Rosalimo? My yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, it yeah. Um, actually, that's obviously I have a lot of specific questions about the Olympiad, but one of the questions that I'm most interested in is when you have a rise as fast as yours. Uh, you know, first you're like. Uh, 2600 you're like 2500 2600 i'm um, correct me if i'm wrong at that level you're still not always playing against 2700s so when you're at that level 25 2600 you might still study the games and you probably do study the games of magnus of fabiano and you can use their ideas against 25 and 2600s because you're still beating them but now you're at the you're top 20 in the world all of a sudden, you're playing those guys. You just play Fabiano. You just beat Fabiano. So is it strange to have to like adapt? Because you might have been studying his games and using some of his ideas, and all of a sudden, you're playing him. What is that experience like for you? Obviously, it didn't, you weren't, it didn't change you. You won, which is amazing. But have you had to go through that? Like, wow, I used to study all their games, and here I am playing them. Uh, yeah, my coach, Vishnu's uh, like he has always, uh, uh, even while studying their games, he has always told me that, uh, like we are studying uh, this guy's game, and but uh, always remember that you will have to play against them someday. So mentally be prepared, you know, not to you know, like really have a lot of uh, admiration for the guy and so much respect that you just can't play against him. So. Has always told me that uh, whoever you play against or work with you, you will have to play and beat them at some point. So, yeah, but uh, playing against them, it's it's a great learning experience, of course. And I've just uh, played a top ten, uh, top ten player, Fabian. This is my first uh, classical game against a uh, top ten player. I know I'll I'll meet all the top guys very soon. So, yeah, even though I admire them, I. I think I, I have the I have the capacity to beat them. So it's more more of a self confidence. Where does that self confidence come from? I mean, is it just have you always had it? You just you know, is it like where does it come from? You just born with it? Because <laughs> I, I I've been confident too, you know, <laughs> but not right now. So I'm curious, like where you you obviously just you just told me right? You've completely. You, you respect the player, you study their games, but you're also actively looking for, you know, weaknesses, improvements. So where does, where does that come from? I don't know, actually. <laughs> uh, that's um, that's an answer. Really, yeah, but uh, I'm, maybe I can only come up with maybe explanations, but I'm not sure which which is the like exact reason. But one of the things I think that recently after the pandemic i've been extremely confident and one of the reasons i think is that uh, in the pandemic i worked uh, worked very hard and uh, after the pandemic i got some one or two events where i played really well and, um, that uh, just uh, kind of uh, it was a self approval of my hard work and uh, from there the confidence has just been rising I don't know. Maybe that's that's one of the things, but uh, I really don't. That's completely. It's a totally reasonable explanation. I also feel like sometimes uh, when you're when you're a little bit younger and you just you just completely steamrolling everybody. Like for example, like you did in Olympiad. It, I'm sure that helps. You almost feel like you're just completely you're just untouchable. I, I've had. I have a much different story. I wasn't. At the time, you were the second youngest grandmaster ever. So I obviously, when I was 12, I was 2000. And by the way, being 2000 at 12 years old in the United States, when I got it, I was number two. Daniel Naraditsky was number one. <laughs> so uh -huh. back, back then, it was actually impressive to become uh, 2000 at the age of 12. But I feel like it's, it, it's if you're 2000 nowadays at the age of 12, it's, it's nothing particularly impressive. But uh, I can imagine, right? Like you, you just have, you have a lot of success. You have a lot of momentum. Uh, pandemic, obviously, you mentioned I was going to ask you about that. When when pandemic happened and everything, uh, when everything shut down, you just looked at it as a learning opportunity. You just 
studied every day and, and worked every day. Did you play training games like uh, against some of you know the other guys your age? Uh, how how was pandemic? Was it any different than studying chess now, uh, or was it about the same? Um, yeah. So before the pandemic, uh, my style was just to you know play tournaments nonstop. Mm -hmm. uh, like in 2018, 2019, I played. Uh, like crazy amount of tournaments and games and uh, yeah in pandemic i had this first break and uh, i don't know at first i didn't know what to do so i was just playing a lot of online events and i it was not really i was not really enjoying it and also i, I was uh, not really improving my game so i i mean the pandemic really changed me and one of the things is uh, you know completely shutting off online chess Mm. I have uh, played the very few online events in the in the pandemic or after the pandemic, and uh, I just realized that I have to set my priorities. And my number one priority, I thought, was to like when the tournaments resume, I have to be in the absolute top shape to play classical rating, uh, classical events, and uh, uh, improve my rating as soon as possible. Because obviously, I know that a lot of time waste uh, was gone in the pandemic and. I have to be uh, be two steps ahead when when the uh, classical tournament starts. So I started uh, working a lot, and one of the things is also I started working with engines. So before uh, before the pandemic, I I didn't uh, really use engines. It was mostly my trainers who were using engines, and I was just trusting them. But uh, in the pandemic, I I started using engines myself and. I also got got uh, this got a uh, invitation from Baka Vishayanand Sir's Academy uh, to be a to be a student in academy and that also really helped working with all the top coaches. So uh, yeah, I feel I don't know. I think somehow everything I everything just went my way in the pandemic. I I saw it uh, as a great learning experience and. Probably, if not for the pandemic, although, I mean, it was, uh, it was a very sad thing for the entire world. I mean, yeah, of course. A lot of people, a lot of people lost their jobs and stuff like that. But for my chess career, I think it was a blessing in disguise. I, I got to uh, think about a lot of things, change a lot about myself. And yeah, when the tournament started, I was probably two or three steps already ahead of my teammates. You know, I, I say the exact same thing actually about uh, about the pandemic and the the whole world shutting down. I think I've I've given a few interviews because people ask me about the chess boom. They don't ask me about becoming twenty seven hundred. But uh, I I say the same thing. I think it was a horrible situation for a lot of the world. But for chess professionals, whether it's competitive like yourself or online creators, I, I think it was one of the best things to happen it's very strange to sit here and say so you know speak so negatively and sadly and everything on the one hand it's true on the other hand yeah for a lot of us it was a blessing in disguise so it's it's a uh, it's strange i'm not sure anybody benefited more from the world shutting down than people in the chess world right all of us uh some yeah. of us you know competitive um and some of us uh some of us to make uh, to make videos and and all that so um, can you share? I'm, I'm, I'm very curious, but I don't know if it's like a competitive secret. Can you share what it means to work with engines? Or is that not something you can really, you know, talk about? Or is everybody at the top kind of aware of what that's like, uh, what it means to work with engines and improve? I think uh, almost all the professional chess players by now, I mean, they're quite familiar and uh, familiar to, you know, how to work with engines and for me, my it was uh, usually when I started uh, working with my uh, current uh, trainer Vishnu. Mm -hmm. uh, he it was his idea to you know like not work with engines so that I develop some uh, you know uh, practical playing qualities and stuff like that. And his usual plan was that when I if I managed to like reach uh, twenty seven hundred without using engines and then. Then we start uh, working with engines. It will be a huge, uh, uh, huge advantage uh, because I'll have all the practical skills and stuff. But in the pandemic, I thought uh, I was 
probably when I started working with engines, I was like 25, 78. I mean, I was close to 2600. And I had a chat with, uh, I had a discussion with my coach and I felt like it was already uh, time to, you know, start working with engines. So. And uh, we had a discussion. We, we kind of uh, like discussed how we'll be working with engines and uh, how many, how much time we spend uh, what kind of ideas we'll be finding uh, with engines and uh, uh, as I was quite confident that it was already time so Vishnu uh, Vishnu sir trusted me and he said that probably it's, uh, it's if you feel it's already time then it's better to start and uh, yeah I think it was I mean almost uh, all the grandmasters by now I think know, know uh, how how to exp like work with engines and get the most of it by now. I mean it's just uh, not not completely trusting the engine and not fully uh, so neglecting what it says, but you just have to, you know, get what you want out of the engine. So it's it's all it's also when you when you're understanding or when you know yourself better, it's usually work easier to work with engines because. Like, uh, for example, in some positions, computers say 0 0.00. You go and play the position and you're lost in the next two moves. So, <laughs> and uh, when, when experienced players, uh, you know, work with engines, that usually doesn't happen. Because even when the computer says 0 0.00, we know that it's not 0 0.00 in a practical game. So, right. yeah, it's usually small things like this. Got it. Yep, that makes, that makes sense. I've heard... People say similar things, um, but yeah, a lot of it is you. You must apply your your own brain, uh, and uh, I, 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 I definitely understand. Uh, I, I've tried. So I'll tell you my experience of being when I was even in in decent form. Uh, you use the engine. And it's very easy to read the top couple lines and it's, you know, higher evaluation than the others and you're very excited and, uh, but yeah, when left to play practical ideas uh, and in a practice game, it's a complete nightmare. Like sometimes you make one bad move and uh, everything is out the window. Also, as, I, as I'm sure you know, I'm not telling you this, mostly the audience, sometimes you're at the board and you think something on the board is what was on the engine but it may be not the case, right? Like, uh, you're like, I swear this is the move, but why does this look so much more challenging now <laughs> when, than, than when I was studying it? So you're saying you've kind of developed that skill to not always rely on what it says, but also play to your own strengths, uh, you know, set, set practical, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying like, I've never, uh, never made errors with engines. I, when I started, I. Uh, it was I had some games uh, where I just like uh, saw one of uh, computer's ideas and mo just played uh, completely trusted and played played out of memory and then uh, either I was uh, you know looking at a very similar idea in a uh, different position but it was not working here or uh, right. like uh, as I said before I mean I did not understand the position thought it's just equal and and then I was lost so. Uh, yeah, I, I made errors, but uh, I think now, by now, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more matured than working with computers, but you, you can never know, of course. Well, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, of course you can never know. It's, a lot of people ask, will computers end chess? But I, I don't think so, not for a very long time. I think we can still extract a lot of uh, benefits. I think humans are flawed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't... Uh, I don't, I don't believe in that stuff too much. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, how do you learn, for example, the ideas or the critical plans in a brand new opening at the level that you're at? When you're a beginner, you can do anything, literally. I mean, you can watch YouTube, buy a beginner's course. When you're intermediate, it's the same, but maybe you rely more on, you know, books. Uh, chessable, for example, for you, what what is the the best resource? I mean, do you just have to dig through Chessbase? Do you come, you know, 
work with some of the engine stuff, like to, to grasp an opening a little bit better? What do you do? Um, I think it's most, mostly, uh, yeah, as you said, uh, uh, at this level, you can't really um, trust. I mean, you can't really just uh, watch some online videos and just uh, trust it because you're already more advanced uh, advanced than that. But uh, for me, like when, I mean, for me in, at this level, I mean, when, you know, most portions, you know, you just know, know what you should be doing but some positions are uh, like kind of hard and now with computers uh, all this for example with alpha zero this h4 h5 i mean these uh, new plans and new ideas and a lot of openings are uh, kind of not not very common for humans and the best thing you should do i think is just maybe play some training games or or uh, but the most important thing is just to think about it uh, you know why why this uh, h4h5 does works here well and why h4h5 doesn't work there and i think it's just these small things when you spend a lot of time thinking about it and then you play against uh, some strong opponents and see what uh, why uh, i mean why they think here uh, these things are not good here and there and stuff like that it's uh, I think this is how we people at this level understand understand stuff right now, uh, or at least from me, it's uh, it's the way it has been. But uh, yeah, of course, I can't say that I understand everything. Which is uh, there's still uh, an unbelievably lot of things which I completely don't understand. Like what? But it's, uh, no, no different positions. It's hard to specify. But uh, of course, I I'm not not perfect it's quite clear uh well almost in the last uh in in in, in the last event uh obviously i i i i sometimes start these episodes and i i have uh some sort of plan in terms of like structure but i i did just want to sort of freestyle a few questions uh right off the bat because i feel like not only myself but other people are definitely quite curious um but specific specific to the to the Olympiad, uh, you're you're from where the Olympiad was held, right? Uh, where my yeah, my my uh, home is like two hours from the venue. So. Oh, t- you said two hours. Yeah, two hours. Oh my. Okay, I thought it was like ten minutes. <laughs> okay, it's it's oh, it's, okay. it's it's very big. I guess the region is. No, very... I mean in in Chennai, Chennai, it's quite big, and also the the place where it. Where it happened, it's not exactly Chennai. I see. It's uh, it's in the uh, because it's kind of in the border of Chennai and some other districts. So. Okay, okay, got it. So you you were still staying at like some sort of players' hotel or? Yeah, I was staying with the team. Yes. Right. Okay. Got I, I when I first saw it, where where you're from, and then where the Olympiad is, I feel like this is a common misconception. You kind of see the same name, you think, oh, it's ten minutes, but. Same thing, and I mean, I, I live in the state of New York, uh, but if you drive six hours, you can also be in the state of New York. New York is a gigantic state, so if you don't know that, it might seem okay. Yeah, that makes uh, that makes sense. Uh, but when you when they made the teams for for India A, B, C, uh, judging by your performance, there was no reason you couldn't be on Team A, right? I mean, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, but. Were you more excited? Would you have been more excited to be board one for B than board four or board three for A? Is that fair to say? Like you wanted to be board one, I imagine. You felt like you were. Um, yes. Uh, so the the way the teams were made in made for the Indian team was uh, they took average of three months, mm-hmm. um, which was I think March, April, and May, but I'm not sure. Uh, in which three months when I started, I was like 26, 14. So uh, my average was uh, quite low for the A team, but my current rating, of course, uh, I should be qualified for team A. And I th- I thought it's fine. I mean, India t- India B-, B team was quite an exciting team. And uh, like leading the team on the first board was something that uh, I really enjoyed. And yeah, team A, I probably wouldn't have gotten board one. So I actually thought that, Getting board one on team B is much better than 
getting board three or four in uh, teammates. And can you can you switch boards like in the middle of the Olympiad, or do they not? Um, allow... No, no, no. Okay. So board one, it's usually fixed. But uh, let's say you're on board three, and then the second or first player wants to rest, you can go to board two. I see. Only if someone's resting. So. Okay, okay. Because yeah, I noticed, for example, US team had five players. I think they were alternating sometimes who was board one. Uh, unless yeah, I'm... because uh, when Fabi was playing, it was like Fabi and Levon. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Fabi was not playing, it was Levon, Levon on the first place. Okay. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I also kind of got the impression that you on board one is a problem for, <laughs> for, 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 for many other teams. Uh, you, you, yeah. The B team was the B team was super exciting. I think with with Adiban on 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 fourth board and also also Raunak. Uh, all all of you guys are roughly the same age there. Uh, so are you active training partners or like sparring partners or do you have to be a little bit careful also because in the future you know you might be playing each other for championships. How how does that work, or do you just do you just practice against one you know each other because why not? Um, yeah. So for example, uh, me, Preg, uh, Nihal, mm -hmm. uh, Raunak, yeah, and Arjun, and also some other young Indian talents are part of the Vaka team. Okay. Uh, the Vishyanansar Academy, and uh, we have regular sh uh, sessions with uh, with our coaches. Sometimes uh, Vishyanansar himself is working with us and uh, and sometimes the other coaches like uh, Gaevsky and uh, Arthur Yusupov or Sandeep Panchandra, all top-class coaches and also Boris Gelfram sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we all uh, attend, uh, uh, attend the classes together. We discuss chess a lot. But uh, when it comes to, you know, like very uh, intimate things like opening ideas or... Uh, uh, or like specific styles and stuff i i try to i do try to be a bit careful i'm not sure about the other guys uh, maybe they work together much more than i do with them but uh, yeah i i have no problems discussing chess in general terms but uh, yeah as i said when it comes to intimate things i i try to be a bit careful understood yeah and i i'm aware that uh, we are all rivals and we are all racing quite fast uh, we'll be competing against each other for a very very long time so yeah 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 for sure uh for now uh, well i i personally I, I enjoy just booting up and and seeing what who is playing where and when these events like the olympiad aren't happening i always see you you just in random tournaments across europe uh well frankly winning them <laughs> uh the uh the, the question that I was going to ask about that is, as far as I know, and I don't know a whole lot, but I know what people tell me, to make it into that top circuit, like Tata Steel A, for example, some of those closed events, uh, it's an invitation-only system, right? Uh, if, 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 if that's correct. So for 2023 and really the rest of this year, are you, you're ex are you expecting invitations now? Is that, is that kind of the plan? Uh, are you done with those open tournaments? Because at a certain point that you are playing in Yerevan Open or whatever, it's negative value, right? I mean, you win the tournament, you gain five points. You lose one game, you lose eight, nine points, right? So is that is that what's next now that you're, I think, 27, 25, uh, if I'm not mistaken? Well, to be honest, when I was 2600, I was expecting invitations. But uh, it, it uh, didn't go didn't go the way we, we thought it would go i mean i was still not uh, getting a lot i mean not getting any invitations for some reason and uh, okay when you don't get invitations you can't force it so i was I, and i didn't and i of course didn't want to sit at home so uh, i i just thought uh, i'll play events and i'll i'll make the most out of my uh, my chances okay if i lose a game I lose eight trading points, then I'll try not to lose again. So, uh, Simple strategy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, 
i mean you can only do you can only make use of what you what you have uh, and uh, i had what i had was open tournaments and i tried to do my best there and now that i am top 20 i mean top 25 i i am expecting some invitations and uh, if i get invitations i'll be more than happy to play them but uh, if not then why not play open tournaments that's amazing because you're saying that like if you right now if you just sit there you just don't do anything you just study chess you you have to be formally invited to play in these events right but will you will you reach out yourself or are you kind of like guys hello i'm here i'm number 2 in india <laughs> invite me what are you doing <laughs> right like i mean um, now they have no excuse yes um we did uh, reach out for a few tournaments but uh, the first the first one i got was uh, was uh, in bl uh, this uh, this year mm-hmm. and uh, i mean i i can't really say it was a it was a super tournament exactly but okay i mean it was something close i mean everything everyone was uh, uh, 2650 above and it was uh, close to a super tournament but uh, uh, yeah other than that i don't think i've really played a classical super tournament yet so um yeah i mean i i think for by now i should be getting invitations automatically but let's see makes sense i still find that ex- extremely fascinating that uh and i like i said i i i spoke to mvl for example same thing he was kind of mentioning that if you're if you drop out of a certain level you might legitimately just not get invited to a tournament which i i just find i just find fascinating so uh i asked him what his preferred format was and he's played in all sorts of events uh do you do you look forward to like do you think you would enjoy closed events again just against some of the top 10 uh guys or uh do you prefer some something more open style like if if all if all the top players were to play in an open uh or do you like knockouts what do you enjoy or do you just not care you just want to play chess uh i think uh, by by now i haven't played uh, the close tournament with all the top 10 guys so if i get a chance i'll, I'll take it as a huge learning opportunity and uh, yeah i'll i'll be really excited to to play in a close event but uh, but like all the strong players in an open event is also a very very interesting thing yeah? i mean for example grand swiss i played and it was uh it was very interesting but uh, a close tournament is always a different feeling because day after day you're getting like the absolute best and you have to be in shape every day either you lose yesterday or you have the biggest win yesterday you have you still have, have a very tough game tomorrow so uh that will be a, a very very interesting experience i'm i'm pretty sure a lot of uh, the biggest lessons await await me in those kind of tournaments so. i'm sorry yeah my 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 dog started barking <laughs> he's just must yeah. have been extre- extremely excited about uh about about close tournaments it's true those events are are kind of insane you uh you might lose a game and then tomorrow you have to play magnus with black <laughs> you know like uh, one one of these things um have you you've gotten a chance to play magnus in one of the online events yet or just uh, i played against him in old money asian rapidly yeah so that was a draw and uh, but i haven't played against him in uh, in a classical i mean yeah, in yeah. a over the board yeah of course um actually speaking about that i i realized the um, you have this situation where you don't play much speed chess over the board and so your rapid rating is 20 to 80 i think i might be higher rated than you in rapid or something something very maybe not i think maybe my rapid is like 20 to 50 so is that another thing that you're going to do this year or at some point play like world rapid and blitz uh yeah i did play the world rapid and blitz last year and i think i gained a lot of rating there but uh, as i said my number one priority is uh, classical over the board but uh, if i get a chance to play rapid and it's not clashing with any uh, strong 
classical event then i'll yeah i'll try to improve my rating improve my speeches ratings as well but there isn't really what you're describing is there's not really much of a benefit right to play world rapid championship unless you're going to win it right i mean if i'm not mistaken like if you travel across the world at the end of the year to for example i think last year it was in poland and you have an okay result but you you know you gain some points but you don't win anything might as well just stay home and you know study be with your family not travel okay. thousands of miles um but uh, i mean there are i think a lot of uh, positives also i mean you get to play a lot of strong events i mm -hmm. mean strong players and uh, gain a lot of rating if you do well but of course you if you do don't do well you can easily tilt and lose a lot of rating but okay that's that's the way it is and uh, okay for example last year i i finished uh, ninth and i got got some very good prize money also so i think uh, you can either try for finishing in the top or you can also just play for rating the but the main thing is you get uh, very strong opponents and you i think it's a very interesting experience because you play for example in blitz you play uh, i don't know nine rounds a day yeah it's very easy to easily you can just tilt and lose every single game but uh, uh, those are very good learning experiences i feel but, uh, i think it's rapid and world rapid and blitz is a very uh, interesting event i'll be surely playing this year as well. where is it this year I don't think it's announced yet. What is it? Oh, okay, that makes sense. Because <laughs> I have I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, it might pro probably will will be uh will be somewhere in Europe. I imagine. Um, <laughs> when you were playing all those events, uh, when you were traveling and 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 playing and whatnot, that's all. Is that all out of pocket? Like you have to pay for that stuff. Obviously, you get some sort of conditions, right? If you're not from the country where it's held, just for the audience to understand. If you're one of the strongest players in a big open tournament, they usually will give you some free stuff. But at the same time, you have to—I mean, you have to pay for food, pay for airfare. So, were you were you just kind of were you just paying out of pocket for that stuff uh, while you were climbing the rating ladder? Um, until I became a grandmaster, I was uh, I was completely it, it was uh, I was completely sponsored by my parents, um, but. Uh, but after i became a grandmaster i got some uh, like i got uh, one sponsorship uh, deal with microsense networks and uh, yeah they have been constantly i mean they have been partly reimbursing my um, my uh, travel expenses and mm -hmm. stuff like that but uh, yeah it's mostly just reimbursing uh, reimbursing my uh, my finances and um, other than that I, I don't have any other sponsors like for now for now yeah i noticed because when i played in europe there was a couple of very strong uh teenagers or you know 11 or, or or 12 year old players from from sorry from from india uh and i i was looking at their tournament history so prior to playing in the czech republic they had played in Sharjah or they played in the UAE they played in other parts of Europe and I just couldn't imagine I mean it's so many airplane tickets it's so many hotel rooms it's so it's entry fee maybe there is no entry fee because Europe is much nicer to play chess than than US but I mean my my gosh like yeah you have to uh it's it's it's, it's, it's so much money I mean just in in the US Gukesh you, you never you're never gonna have to do this but if you ever had to chase a GM norm in the US, uh, it's usually like a thousand bucks, 800 bucks to join the tournament. Then you have to pay for a hotel, you know, you have to fly. So just to try to get one GM norm in your 20s, uh, it's like maybe $2,000, which is crazy. That's a, a crazy amount of money, um, which is, uh, yeah, which is quite unbelievable. So I, I can imagine it's, I'm, I'm glad you have, you, what you said, mi micro sense networks. Is that? Yeah, micro sense networks. It's, uh... Microsense networks. If you're if you're interested, uh, you check them out. Yeah, we don't have that here. I mean, there's a lot of players in the U.S. who are your age, and okay, they're not as strong yet, maybe, but they've been strong, and I don't know if they get sponsored. I mean, I I know that for a long time, uh, whoever was posting for Nihal uh, uh, had this uh, the the organic milk, right? Akshaya Kalpa. Akshaya Kalpa. Yeah. 
So that's like stuff like that is pretty cool because we just we absolutely don't have that here. Uh, I don't even know. I I don't know what what American top players are sponsored by anybody to be honest. Um, obviously, Hikaru had the Red Bull thing. I know Tanya Tanya had also also some some Red Bull thing. Um, but uh, even our top players can't get uh, can't get sponsorship. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad that's becoming a thing. It's hopefully the more success that it is in India. Obviously the the better it's going to be uh, for for all of you as well. Uh, one one thing I, I'm sorry I have to bring this up. Um, it's also on the Olympics based on the Olympiad, but I I, I want to hear your thoughts on how to deal with the game like you had against Nodjerbek and how to like how to bounce back you know stronger from that. I mean. That's a game that you're going to remember for a long time, but a champion, I feel like, will use that to fuel themselves to be even better, which I, I think you have the personality for that. Like, you already just, like, that game will bother you, but you're only going to use it to improve. So, yeah, can you, can you kind of take, take me through that game? I mean, what, 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 what was that, uh, that, that, that whole experience like and the, how you bounce back? Because I think that's what a lot of people don't... That's a skill a lot of people don't have. I don't have that skill. Like, I might have, you know, I might have kicked over and punched and broken some things after a game like that. So, what, uh, what were your thoughts kind of after, after that game and uh, bouncing back from, from a game like that? Um, yeah, I'll just say, first of all, that um, we are not different. I, <laughs> I actually broke something after, after the game, but um, yeah, for, so how the game went, I mean, of course, I was completely dominating from the opening and uh, it was probably the most winning position I've ever had <laughs> uh, in recent times and uh, like I just thought that during the game after the time control for example okay okay he's going to resign in probably two moves and I just thought okay plus nine first Olympiad nine and a half per ten and uh, I was just extremely proud of myself and then he kept on playing moves and mm -hmm. Okay, I thought I'll just finish him by force, and I tried to best. Uh, I tried to find the best move and, uh, in the position. While literally every move was like plus three, plus four. And, uh, I spent a lot of time trying to find the the absolute best way where I can give him no counterplay. I I failed in that. I spent a lot of time, and then I got into time trouble. I I squandered all my advantage, and then. When he found this nice idea to, you know, put uh, queen c to queen c5, and uh, we were repeating at some point queen d to queen g1, I I saw that uh, Prague most probably will win rook rook against bishop in day, and I I okay I thought uh, uh, okay if I, even if I draw the match uh, I mean draw the game the match is still in our favor but somewhere deep inside I just couldn't accept that I couldn't win such a position. And uh, even though I knew, uh, I knew that I probably squandered all my advantage. I I still wanted to win because my as a chess player, I just couldn't accept that. Uh, yeah, I couldn't win the position. And then okay, of course I, in in this state, if you play play a game while you're just kicking yourself, and uh, I played this knight f three and after queen b seven, I just realized I just uh, the gold is gone. So. It was a horrible feeling, and uh, uh, it's not the first time. Uh, I already had this against uh, Pregnananda in Reykjavik, uh, where, uh, for example, I it was the last round. He was leading, leading by half a point, and I was trailing. And if I win, I most probably will win the event by butchers because uh, some two others were also there. And if I win, I'll mostly win the tournament. And uh, I completely dominated from the opening. And uh, I, I had a position where I couldn't even imagine losing. And then I just blundered checkmate uh, in one or two moves. So uh, I, it happened uh, it happened recently. And uh, yeah, I mean, this, this kind of things, it's, I know that it has already happened to me. And it most, mostly happened to me a lot of times in my career. And... Uh, Okay, I'm a professional. I can't just keep uh, keep crying about it. My job is to come back. Yeah, that's what I'll be focused. 
I, I'm, I, 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 we all have different ways we, 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 we cope with games like that. I'm a, I'm a big believer in things like, uh, you know, if things go super well, for a long time, uh, life will try to compensate. <laughs> yes, I, I do believe it. <laughs> so, uh, I, if, you know, that's one of the reasons I actually firmly believe I cannot play chess right now. I feel like uh, whatever, you know, whatever uh, gods may, may exist, uh, they say, okay, you're going to be building this, you know, YouTube channel and, and whatnot, but uh, your chess play will be garbage, just absolute garbage, emotionally, uh, you know, uh, nerves, everything will just be terrible. So uh, it felt, uh, I don't know, it, 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 it almost felt that way. Uh, and have you, have you played Nodjerbeck before this event or never? Yes, we, we played uh, when we were really young once, uh, I think it was in Malaysia. Wow. It was a Karakan and it was a draw. I don't have the game, uh, but uh, after that we played in Beal, Beal oh. first round. And, yeah. uh, I, it was a very good game by my side and I, I beat him. And uh, okay, I, uh, yeah. And then the, this is our third classical. I see. Did winning in Beal do a lot for, for your confidence uh, for, for the Olympiad game? Um. I think after eight bar eight, I didn't need extra confidence. So. <laughs> no, I know, I know, but I mean, let's say if in that round you had been playing, I don't know, someone you had never played before. Uh, yeah, I, I, but I'm I'm sure also winning. I guess a couple months earlier, I like that though. Eight eight out of eight, you don't need any more confidence. Um, what uh, like when 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 it's eight out of eight. It's not even necessarily that you are constantly playing perfect games. It's it's it's, it's almost is it does it almost feel like your opponents just inevitably will make a mistake at some point? I mean, it's just like what what is the feeling like when you are one hundred percent and everyone they put in front of you just at some point completely self destructs? Is it is it a mix of you doing and causing practical problems for for people and combined with the fact that you've won every game like what what is it what did you feel when you sat across from people and they just you know just disintegrated in front of you i think it's just a rule about good and bad form i mean when for example you are in bad form you you feel absolutely in control for the entire game and uh, but actually you're not when you I mean, you think you just played a perfect game, but you have missed a lot of things. And then, uh, okay, I think it's more about uh, you believing in yourself. And, I mean, opponents believing in you, uh, you as well. When you're in bad form, your opponent knows that you're not perfect and you'll make mistakes. And uh, But even uh, when you think you somehow played a great game, you still miss something. And then your opponent just catches it. And when you're good form, you... I mean, you just feel like, uh, I, I, for example, in Olympiad, I felt like I was from the first round, I was missing some simple things from the start. But uh, like I, I remember against uh, Okachuro, I just missed something simple. He even played it, but then there was something surprising, uh, surprising for me uh, in the variation that had miscalculated. So even when you feel like you're not doing good, something something good just happens. I think, I think it's more. Uh, I don't know. It was, it's more uh, probably psychological because your opponent thinks uh, uh, thinks that you are you have something in mind and it's so, somehow just there because I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it, I, it's hard to explain. Well, I call it higher rated bonus. <laughs> so I when I'm. I'm sometimes in, in good form in Blitz and I get up to, you know, 2,800 or whatever. And, and suddenly, no matter what I do wrong in a position, there's something. There's just always yeah, something. That's, and, yeah. Uh, so I always joke, it's kind of like, uh, do you watch streams? Do you watch any, any online stuff? Uh, like, I'm sure if you're going to watch somebody, you're going to watch Hikaru play Blitz, right? Like, if you're going to watch anybody. Uh, uh, I actually uh, don't watch a lot. Uh, but yeah, I have watched a few, a few streams before. Yeah, I, I that's why that's why I would imagine. I, I only ask because sometimes you watch Hikaru play these games and you just it's like, oh, I blundered, and then he wins in three moves. It's just 
like when I blunder, <laughs> you know, it's a serious mistake, you know. Um, but I uh, know it, it. It makes sense. Um, it makes sense. And uh, in the first round of Olympiad, is it is it a little bit strange because we saw a lot of higher rated guys go down or almost lose to you know five six hundred points. Is it strange to play twenty two twenty three hundreds or 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 not not really? I mean, it's just another chess game. Um, probably uh, the top players, for example, Levon drew the first round. Mm -hmm. I think it's because uh, I don't know. He hasn't. He probably hasn't played twenty four hundred in like years. So he, I mean, they're not kind of they're not used to it. But when I play opens, I get a lot of uh, these guys, and I know that uh, they are also chess players. And uh, when you kind of underestimate a player. Uh, Lot you just uh, think you will beat him, you will beat him probably a piece down. You play, uh, you ju you're just very overconfident and you uh, play some nonsense. But, um, but uh, I know that I played a lot of uh, 22, 2300s. So I've recently lost against one in uh, one of the recent tournaments. So I know that they, they also can play chess and I try to give respect to them. Okay, if I if I'm not uh, if if I'm mentally stable, okay, for my level I should be able to beat them. So if if we played a classical game and you gave me peace odds, how many games do you think you could you could not lose out of ten? Peace <laughs> odds and in a classical. Game. Okay, that is. That is not a very good thing. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. But you, you, you were like, oh, I think I can beat him down a piece. I feel like in Blitz, actually, I feel like you could maybe get a good score. I don't know if you saw. I looked at our recent games and I'm like, man, I just uh, just was not close at all. Uh, I, I remembered we played one game in particular in Title Tuesday and that game still haunts me. I just uh, played like a like a monkey and you just played like every ev like every top move. I was like, all right, well, you know. Um, but I, I noticed what you said earlier in the episode. You, you stopped playing online. All of our games were in 2020 and you just I, I, we just we, we, we haven't played uh, we haven't played much since. Um, I would that'd be interesting to see. Um, peace odds, uh, peace odds, blitz match. But I feel like at this point, it's insulting your intelligence. You know, you're at the level where you have to start demanding things, right? Like 2600, 2680, you're still climbing. Now that you're 2720, it's time for people to start, you know, respecting your time more and uh, and and not putting you through such things. So actually, on that note, uh, what's uh, what what's next for you? You you said tomorrow you're traveling, right? So what's uh, what's next on the schedule for tournaments and for the next uh, few months? Um, tomorrow I'm uh, traveling to Turkey to play in the Turkish uh, Turkish League. Oh. And, uh, that will be quite a, quite a strong event actually. And uh, me and Abdusataro are in the same team. So uh, that will be a really interesting event. And uh, yeah, after that, uh, I think I'll take a break for a couple of weeks and, and then I'll plan to play some, play some games. I see. Oh, so as of now, there's nothing for October, November, and so on. Uh, October, November, I probably have something, but uh, like Tata still rapid and blitz, which is happening in India. In India, right. Is that November? It's usually, or I, th I thought that was in... I'm not sure about the exact dates, but uh, I do know that there is something in those terms. Okay. Uh, is Turkish League... Um, there's so many leagues, man. I, I don't know what league is what. So Turkish League is a typical thing where, like, you get paid to play, right? Like, I mean, it's uh, there. there's, like, some sponsors or something. Is it one day or is it for a long time? Or uh, No, it's uh, it's not like Bundesliga. It's uh, it's more like a 12-round event. So it's it just finishes off in two weeks. I see. So you play 12 rounds in, in two weeks. Probably, yeah. That that's um, the tournament is starting on sixteen, so uh-huh. Wow. Okay. And and Turkish League is not it's kind of a deceiving name. I imagine there's a lot of Turkish players, but I imagine there's other other players as well. Is it like yeah. Is the name of the team the company sponsoring or something like that? Or... Yeah, it's uh, some companies in Turkey, but uh, they are allowed to you know like hire uh, 
foreign players to play for their teams. I see. Are you board one or two? Uh, not sure if I'm allowed to tell. Oh, okay. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, that, that's. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's true. Sorry, I, I didn't realize yeah. that uh, people might be uh, <laughs> people might be preparing. Well, uh, I I, w- I will uh, I will be watching. Please play an amazing game uh, so we can make some you know some epic YouTube thumbnail. You know, both myself and I got Mother can uh, make some. Uh, video with some you know fancy title uh and uh break it down for 800 rated players um and yeah i uh, really appreciate your time today I, i'm trying to you know finish up in one hour and we're we're there in about five seconds so uh uh you're you know listen i, I i've enjoyed so much listening to uh to kind of your your mindset i think it's probably besides your chess skills themselves it's probably probably the, the strongest thing and uh, Gukesh, three years ago in Gibraltar, you sounded completely different. You sounded like you were three years younger and you said you wanted to be the world champion. Uh, so, you know, all the best for that. Maybe we'll see you in the next world championship cycle already. Uh, and um, Yeah, thank and, you so much. Yeah, community loves to watch your games. I mean, they, they all, not just the Indian community either. I mean, a lot of people, they're super interested in, in your games and um, uh, we'll be cheering for you moving forward. Thank you. As always, folks, if you enjoyed this episode of Gotham City, you know where to find me for all of my other content as well. Thank you for your continued support. And uh, I'm available on Twitch and on YouTube with donation links and also GothamChess.com if you are interested in some of my chess courses. Until next time, I will see you right back here in Gotham City with our next guest.